As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Nobody Told Me. I'm Laura Owens. And I'm Jan Black. Have you ever wanted or possibly needed to have a new source of income quickly? Did you have any idea how to achieve that? Our guest, Chris Guillebeau, can help. Chris is a New York Times bestselling author of The $100 Startup and The Happiness of Pursuit. His latest book is called Side Hustle, From Idea to Income in 27 Days. Chris also hosts the popular daily podcast called Side Hustle School. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Jan. Thank you, Laura. I'm excited to be here. So how did you get started and how did you become the famous Chris Gillibo that we know today? <laughs> oh, that's that's funny. Um, there's not so many Gillibos in the world. So, you know, it wasn't it wasn't hard. To, um, <laughs> you know, the top 10 Gillibo. I think I think basically I started my website and like the first blog post that went up, I was you know, in the top 10 for Gillibo. Um, but as to how I got started, well, you know, that's a dangerous question, right? Because, you know, people can answer that in all sorts of ways and, and for as, 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 long as, as long as can be. Um, in terms of the Side Hustle School conversation, the Side Hustle book and all of that, um, I guess, uh, you know, for me, I realized at an early age, I'm pretty much unemployable. Like, I'm really not good at working for other people. And it's not like I, you know, even as a teenager, didn't like to work. Like, I liked to work, but I had to kind of believe in something. I had to be like motivated to do something. You know, if I, if I didn't believe in the mission or I didn't care about it, then I wasn't good at it. So I had to find another way to make a living, basically. And, you know, this goes back 20 years now. And uh, at the time, I discovered a new website called eBay.com. And I learned to, you know, buy and sell things online and didn't really know much about it. You know, it didn't go to business school. Um, but I just, I kind of found that this was like a whole new lifestyle of, of, you know, making something for myself. And over time I learned other skills. And then I spent about four years in West Africa as an aid worker, uh, was volunteering, you know, to do that. And then had like a little side hustle at night to support that project. And, and I had a project of going to every country in the world. I think you briefly mentioned the happiness of pursuit. That was a book I wrote about that. Uh-huh. Um, and then, you know, that kind of brings us up to what I'm doing now, like every day on the podcast side hustle school i'm telling stories of people who are you know starting their own projects and making extra money so there's all kinds of different things we could we could go into but of course i want to do what's best for for you and for your listeners well you say that everybody should have a side hustle what is a side hustle and why should we all have one yeah great question uh so you know i mentioned i'm unemployable but you know the purpose of side hustle school it's actually for people who have jobs or for people who you know just kind of have normal lives and don't necessarily want to be entrepreneurs 
Um, but I actually believe, you know, passionately that not everybody should, you know, go out and own a business, take a lot of risk, um, you know, work for themselves. But I do think everybody should have more than one source of income. And I think that's a message that is resonating in lots of ways for all kinds of reasons these days. I think most people realize um, that they can't trust their well-being to a corporation uh, or an organization, even if it's a good corporation, even if they, even if they have a good job, uh, they know that they need to do something you know, for themselves. So that's maybe the I don't want to say it's a negative reason, but it's kind of the, you know, just the recognition of, of scarcity or, or fear or insecurity. The positive reason is uh, side hustles, as I talk about them, I'm not talking about a part-time job. I'm not talking about like you work your 40 hours a week job and you go and work 20 hours for somebody else. I'm talking about something that you create for yourself, you know, some kind of asset, some kind of you know, website with a product or a service, uh, or it could be not a website. It could be something offline, but something that you have ownership over. And I have seen over and over when people do this, it brings them great confidence. It brings them a feeling of, of security, of self-worth, of empowerment. Uh, even if it's a relatively small amount of money, to have an additional source of income coming coming in every month um, just feels really great. And a lot of things can happen after that, but it all begins with establishing that second source of income. So then what are the differences between a hobby and a side hustle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, a hobby is just something that you do for fun. I mean, this is the simple... You know, simple answer to that is a hobby is something you do for fun. It has no money-making component to it. Um, and there's all kinds of things in life that, you know, you can do for fun or for art or for love or just, you know, for whatever reason. But um, a side hustle, as I think of it, as I'm trying to teach people, you know, every day on the show and through the book is there is a money-making component to it. Um, and so it's not like everything in your life you have to do, you know, for money. But your side hustle, it can't just be something that you like to do. I mean, ideally, it should be something you like to do, but it should also be something that is valuable to other people, you know, that actually has this economic value that you can exchange what you do for money. So what's the first step that you should take in determining what your side hustle Mm -hmm. might be? Yeah, great question. Um, I think, uh, you know, when a lot of people think about this, what, what should I do? I want to have a side hustle. They think about this question of like, how can I follow my passion? Like, what am I passionate about? What do I like to do? And that, that can be a good start. It's not like a bad question. I just think um, we can go a little bit further. So you can ask yourself, okay, what am I passionate about? What do I like to do? But maybe even more helpful perhaps is to ask, like, what are my skills? What am I good at? Because there's usually a correlation between things that we're good at and things that we like to do. And if you focus on your skills, uh, you're more likely, or at least maybe, maybe more quickly, going to find something that can turn into this kind of side hustle. So, you know, you ask yourself, okay, what are my skills? You know, you get down a piece of, get out a piece of paper, Write down like all the knowledge that you have in different areas, uh, not just what you went to school, college, university for, uh, not just what you do in your day job, but things that you're good at, questions that your friends ask you about. If you're not sure what to put down, ask your friends like, hey, what are my skills? Uh, think about at work when there's a meeting and people are assigning different tasks, you know, and they're like, oh, Laura should do this task because, you know, she's really good at this and she's going to follow up and see it through. It's almost like the group identifies what you're good at. So I think a good first step is like, what are my skills? Uh, what do I also like to do? And then, you know, step two is, okay, how do we take those things and then, you know, go to the next phase of actually making a product or a service and putting it out to the world. Talk to us about the 27-step process that you talk about in Side Hustle and what is magic about 27 days? <laughs> uh, let's do the, let's do the uh, second part first. What is magic about 27 days? I don't know if there's anything magic about 27 days uh, per se. You know, if somebody wants to do it in 28 days, that's fine by me. Um, I'm just trying to create a structure, like a, I'm just trying to create a structure. Let's say that I'm trying to create a structure where people can, you know, basically have one task to do every day. 
So it's not overwhelming. You've got one thing you do every day, you know, persistent, consistent actions over time are going to add up to something. And so I don't start with the number, you know, 27 necessarily and say, what are my 27 lessons? I start with, with simplifying and saying, okay, based on my experience, you know, 20 years of doing this myself and, and just as important, if not more important, you know, the past 10 years, been traveling the world, writing, connecting with an amazing group of people, all kinds of other people doing this in lots of different ways. So, you know, as much of my knowledge comes from them as it does myself, what are the essential things that we need to know? There's all kinds of things that you could know. Like there's a million books about starting a small business out there, but if you're really busy, you don't have a lot of time, you don't want to spend a lot of money, which is good, you shouldn't, you know, what, what do you actually do? Like, how do you actually create this project in a month or in a, in a relatively short time, whatever it is? And so then I figure out, okay, here's, here's, here are the building blocks, you know, here's like week one, week two, week three, week four, week five. And then from there, you know, one step a day. And that kind of, kind of led me to that 27 step model. And what kinds of businesses do you think are really good for side hustles? Can you give us some examples? Yeah. What kinds of businesses? Uh, so something that, that has really surprised me positively uh, since, since I started the, the podcast last year, I mean, I do it every single day, seven days a week. Um, right now I'm on, you know, at the time we're talking anyway, it's, it's you know, episode 505. Um, could be, you know, later if you're listening later, but uh, I've been doing doing this and like every day I'm telling a, a story of a different kind of business. And so there are what, what, what has surprised me is just all the different crazy ways to make money. And for the most part, I don't talk about things that are really common. I try to find things that are that are different. Uh, so a couple of couple of my stories that were my favorites uh, from from year one. Uh, this this guy in South Carolina uh, is on vacation in Texas and he goes into a upscale men's store and he sees a candle for sale for $80. And the first thing he thinks is, well, that's ridiculous, like $80 for a candle. And the second thing he thinks is, well, I want to make those. I want to sell <laughs> candles for $80, right? Yeah. So he goes home and uh, you know, he's not like a, he doesn't have a background as a candle maker. He doesn't go and get a master's degree in candleology. Like he uh, <laughs> actually learns, you know, he learns to make candles the same way that our ancestors learned all kinds of things. He goes to youtube.com and he types <laughs> in like how to make candles. And lo and behold, like there's all these tutorials there. It's, you know, there's a bit of a process. It's not like he learned overnight, but, you know, basically a month or two later, he's got this brand of candles and he's selling them on Amazon. And here's what's interesting about this. You know, he, he doesn't actually have like a ton of social media. He's not like an online celebrity, but he uses Amazon's program called Fulfilled by Amazon in which you can sell your products to, you know, Amazon.com's customer base of hundreds of millions of customers. So if you can create the right product, you can reach them. Like he has the product, they have the, you know, they have the customers. And so the last I heard, he was doing something like three to four thousand dollars a month, you know, from this as a side hustle. I and mean, that's just that's just one example. I and mean, we could do a lot of other things. You know, I I always ask people like, what is your area of knowledge? What is your topic? And then can probably pull out an example uh, or a connection or a potential idea for them based on that. We're honored you're part of our Nobody Told Me family of listeners. And if you're like us, your pet is a member of the family. We've had 15 dogs over the years, most of them rescues. They've each been unique characters with their own likes and dislikes in terms of food. Lately, we've been feeding them Nom Nom, and it's a big hit with each of the three dogs we currently have. One of our dogs is young, one is middle-aged, and one is a senior. And they all wag their tails and get excited when we put Nom Nom in their bowls. Nom Nom delivers 
fresh dog food with every portion personalized to your dog's needs so you can bring out their best. Every Nom Nom meal features high-quality proteins and vegetables mixed with targeted vitamins and minerals to provide the essential nutrients dogs need at every life stage. Nom Nom's made with real, whole food you can see and recognize without any additives or fillers that contribute to bloating or low energy. Our dogs love Nom Nom, and we love seeing how happy it makes them. Nom Nom uses the latest science and insights to make real good food for dogs. Their nutrient-packed recipes are crafted by board-certified veterinary nutritionists, made fresh and shipped free to your door. Nom Nom's already delivered over 40 million meals to good dogs like yours, inspiring millions of clean bowls and tail wags. It feels great to see how much our dogs enjoy Nom Nom. Plus, Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. Go right now for 50% off your no-risk two-week trial at trynom.com slash no Spelled try nom.com slash nobody for 50% off. Try nom.com slash nobody. And you say that something like driving for Uber or Lyft is not considered to be a side hustle. Why is that? Yeah. Um, well, okay. So, uh, you know, it's not like I'm criticizing or directly attacking Uber or Lyft or anybody else. I think, um, what I'm trying to do again is to help people, you know, find economic empowerment. And ultimately, you know, driving for Uber or Lyft, it or something like that, it really is just another part-time job. You know, it's a glorified part-time job. Maybe it's a good part-time job. You know, the benefit is that you can set your own hours. Like that is a legitimate benefit. The downside is that's about that's about the only benefit because you know they control everything else about the entire ecosystem. They control the pricing. They control the competition. If they don't like you, they can kick you off. There's no way to like make a lot more money as an Uber driver. Like if you get to be a good Uber driver, you make a little bit more money than the average Uber driver. So you don't really have control of anything. Whereas if it's something you're creating for yourself, even just a small thing, I'm not talking about a big brand, I'm just talking about something you make for yourself, that's where the real potential is going to come in. And I, actually, I have a good friend in Southern California named Harry Campbell. This is a great example of the difference between a, a starter idea and a next level idea. So Harry was an Uber driver. He was actually an engineer, I think, by day and, you know, wanted to make some extra money. And so he drove for Uber at night. And then, you know, he realized he was doing some searching. He's looking for forums, like online forums or communities of rideshare drivers, because there's now tens of thousands of them, you know, just in the U.S. And he couldn't find one. Or he couldn't find a good one. So he created this whole, you know, coaching program and online community. It's a podcast and now a book, you know, under the brand, The Rideshare Guy. So within about a year or so, he's actually making more than $100,000, you know, from this, this project, right, which is obviously a lot more than he made, you know, just driving for Uber. And now, now I think it's turned into this brand of like multiple six figures. So big difference there because when you're driving for Uber, somebody else's business, when you're building your own business, then, you know, the potential is unlimited. Another book that you wrote, The $100 Startup, uh, is, is obviously a, a real compelling title. How much money do you need to start a side hustle? I mean, can you do it with as little as a hundred dollars? Uh, yeah. Well, some of them, some of them can be zero dollars. You know, I, I just did a, a story. Actually, I just recorded earlier today, so it'll come out at some point. Um, story of this guy who's who's really good at naming businesses, like naming businesses, naming book titles, uh, you know, uh, music title titles for bands or albums, all that kind of stuff. 
And uh, he used the website Fiverr, uh, Fiverr.com, and he created a profile, uh, started offering his services there. People could hire him. He gets lots of reviews. Uh, you know, he posts the reviews. So he, he's kind of building up a reputation for that. Now, it didn't take, he didn't make $100,000 in a year. I think it took about three years or so. But, but basically, over, over about three years, you know, he makes $100,000, you know, naming other businesses. Uh, and there are zero startup, zero dollars in startup costs for that because he doesn't even have to have a website. He's using their own website. So there are all kinds of businesses you can start, you know, and some businesses might cost more than $100, you know. But uh, yeah, I guess if, if there's, if all things are equal and you get out your idea pad, and maybe you read the book or maybe you just listen to this conversation or maybe you've already got some ideas. Maybe you've got like four or five ideas. Uh, my philosophy is like, unless you have like a life mission, unless you have a vision of like, here's what I need to do. Like I need to start this business. If you don't have that, you know, look at all your ideas and ask yourself like, which one is the easiest? Which one is the easiest, the cheapest? Which one can I actually like get up and going within a few weeks? Uh, why don't I do that? One? You know, so why not do everything you can to lower the risk so that you're not spending a lot of money if it doesn't work out, the worst thing is, okay, I'll go on to the next idea. You've said not to leap without a net. Is the goal to end up making the side hustle the main job if everything turns out well, or should you just keep it a side hustle and have multiple sources of income? I think that's entirely up to you. I, th- I think, you know, people have different goals. And that's one of the beauty, the beautiful things about this, this model is, you know, I'm trying to help people create freedom. And, you know, the freedom is then for them to do with what they want. And so I hear from people, you know, from all different backgrounds. And some people are like, yes, I, I hate my job. You know, like I'm listening to, to your podcast uh, in my cubicle. You know, I'm not supposed to be doing this. You know, I'm just trying to, like counting the days until I can get out. I also hear from lots of people who are like, I love my job. Got a great job. I'm just trying to build something for my future, right? Other people are trying to pay off debt. Other people are trying to stay for a honeymoon or around the world trip or something. So I really think, you know, it's, it's entirely up to you. And there's so many different things you can do with it. The first step, regardless of what the ultimate outcome is, you know, the first step is kind of what we talked about earlier. Like, what are you good at? What kind of project are you going to make? How can you develop your curiosity? How can you develop the skill of creative thinking so that you can then start these projects that will enable you to do what's important to you? So if you've got a, a main idea that you've really decided, hey, this is the one that I really want to try out, where do you, how do you go from idea to launch? Give us a, a thumbnail sketch as to that process. Yeah, thumbnail sketch, idea to launch. Okay. Just thinking about your previous question about, um, and you mentioned the $100 startup and, you know, what do people want to, to do? Um, so I'm going to come right back to that thumbnail sketch. But I remember when I published the $100 startup, it's funny, I started getting these emails from people that are, that are like, hey, Chris, I read your book and I quit my job. And I was like, well, that's great. But like, what are you doing? You know, did you start a business? You know, they're like, no, I haven't started a business yet. I'm like, okay, you know, I must have left something out, right? I must have left something out of the book. Because, like, there's, a, there's a second step there. You know, it's, you know, you're not supposed to actually fire your boss or quit your job until you have something. And so the leap without a net, that's what I was thinking of. It's like, you know, I'm trying to help people like build a net. Like build a, build a safety net for you so that you have options. You can do what's important to you, just like we were saying, you know, whatever the option is. So, so what is the, the, the thumbprints or the roadmap, as you mentioned? All right. So I put it in, a, in like a five-week process. And, of course, you know, the book has all the information, but I'm always happy to share, you know, anything in other forms, too. So basically, you know, week one is all about developing your ideas and exploring that sense of curiosity that I talked about, uh, learning to just kind of go through life and pay attention. And we don't actually, we're not really taught how to pay attention. We're not really taught how to be curious. 
Um, but it's not a difficult skill or trait to kind of cultivate. So if you can increase that, then that's great. Start thinking about all the different ideas you could start. You know, then you're going to choose your best idea, right? You've got your ideas, and like we said, we're going to look through and say, okay, which one is potentially the most profitable? You know, which one can I get up and running in the least amount of time? And finally, if, if, they're all, if I've got three ideas that I feel equally about, or three ideas, let's say, that, that have the same profit potential and cost the same amount of money to start, well, then choose the idea you're most excited about because your motivation does matter. Like your side hustle should be something that you look forward to. You know, you, we all have things in life that we just have to do. Well, your side hustle shouldn't be something like that. It should be something you look forward to. So week three is all about, you know, gathering everything that you need to, you know, get that project out in the world. Do you need a website? Okay, well, in this day and age, there are so many services, you know, WordPress, Squarespace, Weekly, Wix, you know, like that, that are super easy to go on and register. And then if you spend an hour or two, you can have a very basic website, you know, not that difficult. It won't be amazing, but that's okay. You can do what you need it to do. Uh, do you need a payment processor? Okay. You know, how do you write your offer? Like, what is an offer? I, I go into all this, you know, but week three is all about everything getting ready to launch. Week four is putting that project out into the world, probably before you feel ready, putting it out uh, so that you're not just asking your friends, like, Hey, what do you think about my idea? You're asking real people. You're asking like real potential customers. And then from everything from week four, you're going to be gathering information, uh, you know, that will essentially help you decide what to do next. Okay, do I need to tweak something? Do I need to change something? Was this a good idea that just needs a little bit more work? Or was this an idea that I thought was good, but now that I've done it, I've kind of learned, learned that maybe I should be doing something different. And so then in week five, it's like regroup and refine and, and you know, see what you need to do next. We thank you for being a part of our Nobody Told Me family of listeners, and we want to tell you about our sponsor, Daily Harvest, and a special offer they have just for you. Our lives can get hectic at times, so we're grateful for Daily Harvest, which delivers stress-free meals to your doorstep. Let Daily Harvest do more so you can do less. Daily Harvest delivers delicious harvest bowls, soups, flatbreads, snacks, smoothies, lattes, and more built on organic fruits and vegetables. Daily Harvest works directly with farmers to source the best ingredients and freeze them at peak ripeness to lock in flavor and nutrients. They never use artificial preservatives or ingredients. Daily Harvest is on a mission to make it really easy to eat more fruits and vegetables every day. With nourishing and easy to prepare options, I never have have to think twice about what to eat for my next meal, snack, or dessert. Exactly. Daily Harvest foods stay fresh in my freezer until I'm ready to enjoy them, helping me reduce food waste. And by the way, Daily Harvest tomato and basil flatbread is one of my favorites. Mine too. And for a quick snack, you can't go wrong with Daily Harvest bites. They're the perfect combination of powerful superfoods and a touch of sweetness. Try Daily Harvest bites in flavors like raspberry and fig or hazelnut and chocolate. You you have to check out the Daily Harvest website to see all of the options that are available and be prepared to spend some time on the website because there are a lot of delicious items to choose from. Daily Harvest is committed to human and planetary health, which means they do their absolute best to ensure transparency and integrity when it comes to their ingredients and the humans who grow them. By supporting farmers who invest in practices that increase biodiversity and improve the health of our soil and by delivering food in recyclable and compostable packaging where possible. Daily Harvest does the work. We just eat and enjoy. It's a win-win. So let Daily Harvest do more so you can do less. 
Go to dailyharvest.com slash nobody told me to get up to $40 off your first box. That's dailyharvest.com slash nobody told me to get up to $40 off your first box. Dailyharvest.com slash nobody told me. Chris, I'm a millennial and something that seems to be universal with my generation is the theme of impatience. So what do you think? Is there, a, <laughs> is there a way to make quick cash or is this all more of a process? Yeah, great question. I, I, am, I am not a millennial, but you're helping me feel, feel young. So because I am, a, I am a Gen Xer and I am also very impatient. So we, we share that, that trait in, in common. Um, I, I, let's, let's see, what were you asking about? Is it quick cash or is it a way to build something for the future? I think it's uh, it, so. It's like that other question about what is what is your goal? What are you trying to do? I think it can be quick cash. I think you know if you need to make money right away, then that's a different conversation than you know are you trying to start something that's going to make you know a thousand dollars a month you know for you know a year or more. Um, but I think it can be. I mean, if you want the quick cash, usually the thing to do is like, okay, what what do you have that you can sell? What can you either buy and resell, or what do you have now that you can sell? Uh, and how do you do that? Um, if it's more about let's make something that is going to earn money over time, then it's a little bit different. But it can be whatever is important to you. And I, like I said, I'm impatient, too, so I don't want people to wait. Yeah, and I love the example you gave with Fiverr because I think that if people, in, especially in my generation, have so many creative skills and are so good with technology that if they can come up with some way to uh, provide value to people who are looking for services on Fiverr, I just think that's a really yeah. interesting way to make some easy income. Yeah, no, totally. And the thing with Fiverr or sites like that, and that's one of many, I have a whole like directory of starter platforms on my site. It's probably not going to be like the best long-term thing, but that's okay. Because by experimenting with that, you're going to gain the skill, you're going to gain some experience that will help you later. And so it's almost like, you know, a fun, it's, it's almost like a learning experience, except you get paid for it. So if you think about all the different things you do in life to learn about going to college or taking a class or whatever, that's valuable, but you're, you're paying for it usually, or somebody's paying for it. Whereas if you're experimenting with Fiverr, you know, if there may be some grunt work associated with it, you may not love each part of it, but you're learning through the process and, you know, you're making 15 bucks an hour, $20 an hour or whatever. And so again, it may not be the best thing, you know, for you forever, but it's pretty cool to be able to learn something and get paid for it. How much time do you think you should set aside each day to develop this side hustle? So I encourage people to, uh, you know, I try, to, I try to meet people where they are because, you know, for me, I, everything about this project is for busy people. And, you know, there are obviously are people out there who are like, I've got so much time. I've got like 20 hours a week I can spend on my thing. That's cool. But, you know, I, I'm trying to construct everything that I make from the show, which is less than 10 minutes a day, to all the steps in the book, which are, you know, usually like an hour or so. Uh, and some of them may take longer. Some of them may be shorter, depending on what you're doing. Um, but I, I try to meet people where they are. And if you don't have a lot of free time, then it's all the more important to make the right choice, you know, in the beginning, it's all the more important to say, Oh, I need to maybe even narrow my constraints a little bit. And that's good. I actually think it's a good thing to kind of eliminate stuff and say, okay, I can only do, you know, this particular thing. There's a good friend of mine who uses this phrase, um, get in the box, which is like the opposite of like, people are always saying, like, think outside the box. Well, don't think outside the box, like build yourself a box, you know, say, I've got this amount of time. And I can't be on 12 different social networks. I'm not going to do a good job if I even try to do that. So I've got this amount of time. This is going to be my website. I'm going to sell this one product. I'm going to have an Instagram account. I'm going to post one photo a day on the Instagram account. 
or, you know, whatever it is, but keeping things really, really simple and just doing one thing and trying to do that well. And then over time, maybe you'll be able to do a second thing, but getting that first success is really empowering. Can you explain what the meaning of your last chapter is? Winners give up. <laughs> Winners give up. Um, I loved it. I loved it. I heard you explain yeah. it in, on another show. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, winners give up. Well, I think, especially in America and Western culture in general, but especially in America, we have what, what I believe is a mistaken belief um, that winners never quit. And I think this is terrible advice. It's like ingrained in our culture. Like you just have to persist. You have to try like 25 times. You know, you heard the story about the guy who tries like 24 things and then the 25th one works, you know? And so, you know, and I really believe that real winners are actually quitting things all the time. Like real winners are not afraid to give up on something and, and say, actually, I thought this was a good idea, but it wasn't. And that's okay. Or maybe it was a good idea for a season. Maybe it was good that I did that thing for a while, but if it's not working or it's not working as well as I would like it to, you know, if I keep just doing the same thing over and over, but expecting different results, I'm, I'm probably going to be frustrated. Meanwhile, there's something else like right around the corner that I could be doing. There's some other idea, right? So I would say to anybody out there, if there's something you're doing, you're feeling frustrated by, and it's not your life vision, then just give up on that and do something different. I think there's real power in letting go of stuff and, and choosing something new. What advice would you have for someone who perhaps has very little education or very few English skills and wants to do a side hustle, but just feels like the, the deck is stacked against them? You know, whatever your situation, whatever your background, I really believe that everyone is expert at something. And I think it's key to figure out, to figuring out what that thing is. Often that thing, like I said, may have nothing to do with what you're doing for work now. It may be a related skill. Like, you know, something that, that can be helpful is to think about, okay, what, what do you do for work now and what associated skills do you have? So the, the classic example I use is like if you're a teacher, all right, so you're a teacher, you're probably a good communicator. You're probably good at planning. You're probably good at discipline. You might be good at crowd control. Like you're good at kind of thinking on your feet. You don't actually need a lot of time to plan because that's what teacher, that's how teachers, you know, operate. So with all of those skills, you know, what kind of side hustle does that lend itself to? If you're an accountant or an engineer, like not to stereotype, but if you're an accountant engineer, like you spend a lot of time with spreadsheets, with data, you might be really good with, you know, that, that kind of left brain thinking, you know, let, let, let's think about that. And, you know, you're probably not going to be, you know, a good salesperson, let's say, you might be really good at some kind of business of like buying and selling things where there is spreadsheets involved and you're trying to buy something at one price and then resell it for another price. So connecting people's personalities to potential side hustles uh, is also a good way to go in addition to thinking about skills. Like we mentioned before, your goal was to visit every country by the time you were 35 and you accomplished that, which is amazing. And I'm jealous. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so, what, Right, right. Yeah, I, I guess they still have a little bit of time. <laughs> what, right. were, what were some of the most important lessons that you learned by doing all of this travel and meeting so many people from so many different cultures and backgrounds? Yeah, I mean, that's a big question. And we could we could do a whole half hour conversation about that. So definitely. But try to think how to be how to be concise. I mean, I guess uh I guess first of all, so I mentioned something about, you know, other people in the world and just kind of gaining more of a sense of, of, of respect, of of adoration, of um, maybe not even understanding, because I think it's actually hard to understand, you know, so many parts of the world and, and cultures and, and languages that are that are different from your own. But just maybe some perspective on, you know, the the world's not like, not everybody is the same. I think this is something that people say when they start to travel for the first time. They go to another country and they're like, wow, you know, everybody in this country is just like us. And that's not necessarily true. Like, there are actually a lot of differences. And that's part of what makes 
travel fun and interesting. And that's what makes the world an interesting place. But I think maybe just as important is like the reason why I did that quest, it wasn't so much about like, well, I want to go and be an expert on 193 countries. Like, of course not. For me, it was uh, a personal challenge. It was like, can I do this? And like, I love travel. I love goal setting. Like I'm making a list every day. I'm a, I'm a list maker. So I had a, a list of, of all the countries in the world. And, you know, is it possible? Is it feasible, feasible to do that? And I really, really liked just the whole process of like working through that and gaining confidence, gaining, you know, self-awareness through that process. And for me, it was kind of a, a thing that I don't think I could have experienced any other way than doing it. So um, it, there were some hardships along the way, of course, but I'm so glad I did it. Along those lines, our show is called Nobody Told Me, and we always ask our guests, what's your nobody told me lesson? What is it that you have learned in terms of, of, of studying the whole concept of side hustles mm-hmm. that, that nobody, and experiencing it yourself, um, that nobody could wow. have told you? Well, yeah, this is great. I mean, I, and by the way, I love the whole concept of the show. I think it's, uh, so, it's so fun and interesting, and, and it gives people so much to go away with. Um, oh, thank you so much. Me? That it's, means a lot coming yeah. from you. Yeah, it really does. Oh, it's great. No, it's great. It's really strong, strong branding too. I like it. Uh, what did nobody tell me? Um, so there's a, there's a lot of things, you know, because I, I didn't um, have like a you know traditional corporate life. And so much people ask me in interviews, like, what? Uh, t- talk to me about before you quit your job. And I'm like, I never really had a job. You know, I, I, my last <laughs> job was age 19. It was a terrible job. And I, I left and quit and walked out and never came back. Um, I think nobody told me maybe something that I, I kind of picked up on eventually. And I think it's true throughout life is, like there's this assumption that all these things that you have to have, all these prerequisites you need to have, you need to have like this sort sort of education. You need to like go through these, you know, step one, step two, step three, before you can get to step four. And, and fortunately for, for whatever reason, I kind of picked up relatively early on is that often there's a way to get to step four without going through step one, two, and three, or maybe you can go from step one to step four, or there's probably, Here's what I'm coming to. Like there is an actual answer. I think nobody told me that for most things in life, there are more than one way. There's more than one way to accomplish it. And there's a traditional path and that's fine. It's not like it's a bad path, but there's probably some alternatives to it. And if you want to do it faster, if you want to do it differently, if you want to do it in a way that plays to your strengths or it's just you know more motivating to you, there probably is some other way. So that's what I would say to everybody. There's always another way. And Chris, can you let our audience know how they can reach you on social media and how they can listen to your podcast and buy your books and all that? Oh, sure. Thank you. Well, it's it's been a wonderful conversation. Um, So my name is Chris Gillibo, which no one can ever spell. But if you type in something close to that in Google, you'll find me. Uh, The podcast (laughs) is Side Hustle School. So you can go to SideHustleSchool.com. It's an Apple podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, I'm not a very good social media user. I'm very inconsistent. But uh, on Instagram, I am 193 countries, just the numbers, 193 countries. All right, great. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. This has been absolutely fascinating, and I, I think it's very motivational, the the ideas that you have and the way that you present them. I, I mean, it makes me want to think, hey, what else can I do on the side? Right, good. yeah. Well, there is something. Absolutely. Yeah, good. Well, there is something. I, I'd love to hear hear what develops. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Again, that has been Chris Gillibo. He is the author of several books, including The $100 Startup, The Happiness of Pursuit, and his latest book called Side Hustle, From Idea to Income in 27 Days. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Jan Black. And I'm Laura Owens. And you've been listening to Nobody Told Me.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 